Hello, everyone. You are listening to the Teacher's Tribe podcast. I am your host, Maxine McFarlane, a Jamaican educator living in the United States of America, and I'm a nurturer of minds and hearts. I apologize for my absence over the past couple weeks. I was a bit under the weather. You might still be able to hear it in my voice, but I am happy to be back this week. The episode that I'll be sharing today has been in the planning phase for a few months, and I'm very excited that we were finally able to get it done. I had the pleasure of engaging one half of my current teammates in a conversation about a topical issue. Although we started the school year remotely, our school district resumed face-to-face instruction in October with pre-K through third grade students on rotation in three cohorts. At the time of this recording, these students have completed the weeks of rotation and they are now back in full in-person instruction. My three colleagues are currently teaching students in a face-to-face setting, while the other four of us on the team are still teaching students in a virtual setting. One of these colleagues is doing both in-person and face-to-face simultaneously. This conversation will be presented in two episodes, and I hope that you will gain a greater understanding of what it's like for teachers as we continue to teach during this pandemic. It's my pleasure to introduce you to three of my colleagues, Raylan Clark, Paige Holtz, and April Storm. And today we are going to be talking about something that we are all very passionate about. Ladies, welcome to the Teachers Tribe podcast. I'm glad to be here. Thanks for having us. Looking forward to it. I know my listeners would be interested to find out at least a little bit about each of you. So I'm going to ask you to introduce yourselves. And as a teacher, naturally, I love number order, ABC order. So Raylan, why don't you get us started? Hi, I'm Raylan Clark, and I graduated from East Carolina University in 2013. I've been teaching for seven years now. This is my seventh year. And... I enjoy using brand new dry erase markers and the smell of freshly sharpened pencils. I have a laid back teaching style and I love to sing and laugh with my students. Thank you, Rayleigh. All right, so Paige, why don't you go next? All right, Um, hi everybody, my name is Paige Holtz. I graduated from East Carolina University with my undergrad in 2017. And then right from there, I went and decided to get my master's in elementary education, specializing in teacher leadership. So I graduated with that degree in 2018. So this is my second year of teaching, and um, I've loved every minute of it. I will say it has been difficult beginning teacher and transitioning from what teaching used to be to now a more online setting and what we're all dealing with. But um, I, I just love my kids. I love getting to work with my amazing team every day. So I wouldn't change it for the world. See these, these ECU pirates always have to know that they're here, right? Go pirates. (laughs) All right, April, your turn. Hi guys. My name is April Storm. Um, I'm from North Carolina originally, and I went to NC State. Go pack. (laughs) 
and um, graduated in 2017 with a degree in elementary education. And um, this is my fourth year teaching now. I'm not a beginning teacher anymore. Woohoo. And I've taught second grade all four years with these lovely ladies. Um, I've wanted to be a teacher ever since I was in second grade, actually. My second grade teacher was like the best and I wanted to be just like her. So from then on, I was like, I'm going to be just like Miss Slocum. And here I am, just like her, I've, I hope. <laughs> wow. That's, you know, we've been working together all these years, April, and I just learned something new about you. So I think we share that same thing, wanting to be a, well, you, my story is a little bit different because I don't think I knew I wanted to be a teacher when I was younger, but looking back, I can see evidence that I was supposed to be a teacher because I used to teach the dog and the cat and my dolls and anybody who would listen. But if you look in my high school or college yearbook, you might see something like child psychologist or pediatrician. This person who can't hold her own baby to get a shot thought she could be a pediatrician, but. Yeah, same here. I would teach my neighbors and my cul-de-sac and my sisters and give them grades and everything. I loved it. Wow. Um, let me follow up on that, April. Did you have other educators in your family that kind of led you in that way, why you had such an interest at such an early age? No, I didn't have any. Um, none of my family or teachers. It was really just, I just loved school and I did really well, which helped. And it just, I just loved it. And my, my elementary school was really like family oriented. My family was really involved in the school. The kids there were great. I was like friends with everyone. It was just a really really great school. It made me love school. That's great. It's amazing how our early childhood experiences can shape us in such a strong way. Unfortunately, sometimes if it's a negative experience, then the opposite of what happened to you, April, would happen to children. And, you know, just talking about that, and as you're reflecting on those early years, it just makes me think about what school is like now. And as teachers, I know we are we have different backgrounds. I see the wolf pack going against the, the pirates over here. And I'm the foreigner who has no college to really claim. Well, I went to grad school at BCU, so go Rams. <laughs> um, I'm just reflecting on what life was like pre-COVID. And all of us as teachers can agree that the face-to-face -face setting is that optimal one for instruction. We, have fun, we hold fond memories of our time together last year. Now we have to be meeting virtually, even as a team, we're meeting virtually. And I want us to start there. Let's go back in our minds. To, I'm saying last year, I'm talking about last school year. Um, let's go back in our minds to spring of 2020. It's still this calendar year, but it was last school year because I found myself reflecting on those many experiences pre-COVID-19. And at that time I was anticipating um, doing some of these things in this school, new school year. One of the highlights of my year last year was Paleontology Day. I look back at my um, Google Photo memories and I get excited again. I even promised my students this year that I would show them some of those pictures. But those were just such wonderful experiences. I, I even look forward to possibly watching my now third grade students stopping by to say hello. And last year they would say to me, Ms. McFarlane, next year, I'm going to stop in the morning and say hello to you like the other, she, they saw my previous year kids doing. But this year, it's not even a thing. You know, they can stop and get a hug and a word of encouragement and move on. So let's start. Let's think back to that time. What is one thing that you miss 
from face-to-face teaching before the pandemic? I think for me, just a simple like hug or high five or just like physical touch, not like we touch them often, but coming in in the morning, they want to give me a hug. I like to hug them and not sometimes they like try to hug me now and I have to be like, no, like, sorry, let's do an elbow. I just miss the, their faces and just interacting with them in that way. Yeah. Now, when I see my third grade babies, I had hallway duty this week. And when I um, see them walking by, I just say ear hugs. You know, I open my arms and I say ear hugs and they're many feet away from me. But, you know, I see the eyes light up behind their mask. Mm -hmm. But I I really get what you're saying, April. What about you, Paige? Yeah, for me, um, because this is this is um, the second school I've been to. I've been technically teaching for three years. I decided to move to Georgia and teach there for a year, and it was a great experience, but I miss North Carolina too much. I'm from here, and so I, I wanted to move back. And this is my only school in North Carolina that I've fully taught at by myself. I, I co-taught in Georgia, so that's why I think of you know these years being my first years having my own classroom. And even though that was a great experience in Georgia, I really liked having my own space and having my own classroom. And um, I... I, I do. I miss hugging. I do air hugs every day with my kids because, you know, I tell them after every afternoon when they leave, I love you. I'll see you tomorrow. Like, you know, an air hug and stuff like that. So I do miss that physical connection. But also what you were saying, Miss um, McFarlane, about seeing the kids, because that's what I was looking forward to most is seeing my second grade babies when they were going to third grade class and getting to see them because I'd never had that experience before. I used to see all of you in the hallways, like get past kids coming in and saying, Hey, and I was like, Oh, I can't wait for that next year. So, um, and I've I've gotten that a little bit, but I, I really do miss that. And I, I also miss having the kids learn from each other a little bit more. Um, we're not able to do a lot of group work and we're not able to, you know, we're like, okay, we've got to stay six feet, try to stay six feet apart. We've got to have boundaries in the room. And so it's, it's been really hard and they can't have as many transitions. We don't have carpet anymore. I miss my carpet so much. And I miss my mom's um, rocking chair that she used all of her 32 years of teaching and it's in your room, Miss McFarland, you're housing mm-hmm. that for, for me. And so um, I really miss sitting in that rocking chair and just talking to my kids and having that time with them. Um, we still have meaningful conversations. Don't, don't think we're not, but it's, it's just a very different environment. So I really miss carpet and getting to see the kids that I taught last year. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I feel that one too, Paige. Um, I remember at the end of the school year when you made your own yearbook photo for your class with bitmojis. <laughs> yeah. I thought it was I thought it was the cutest thing. And I and I hear and I had that memory because I know you were looking forward to a class picture. You know, the things that the little things that we did and took for granted. Yeah. It was my first full like class yearbook class photo that I was going to get and I was just so upset and I remember doing that the night before it took me almost six hours to make 17 individual bit emojis for all of my kids and I what other teachers were doing too with all the bitmoji classrooms and everything I thought that was so cool and I was like you know what I didn't get my picture I'm gonna make a picture and so I really wanted that some kind of bad because I can't 
it, it was a great group and I really miss them a lot. And it, I can't, I don't know what I did to deserve my first year with those kids because it was just a great experience. Well, just hold on to that memory <laughs> to know that yes. even, even if it was just for a short time, you were yeah. able to, to impact those little lives. I'm sure Miss Holt's name comes up in their <laughs> conversation even today. And sure enough, it may take two years, but maybe as fourth graders, they'll be able to come right. and give you those hugs. They can come in, yeah, exactly. Well, I think something I've missed, I definitely have to resonate with um, April and, and Paige is the hugs and the high fives <laughs> and just being able to get close enough to them that they can feel your love for them. Um, a lot of times they'll come up They'll start walking to me and I want to be like, let me love you. And then I realize I have to say, stay six feet, stay six feet away. And it hurts my heart because I, I don't want the student to perceive it as she doesn't want me near her. She doesn't love me. You know, I'm thinking of all the things that they could be thinking in their head. Um, I'm like, no, I love you. But because of everything going on, we have to be, you know, so far apart. Um, and one of the things I miss the most is morning meeting time where all the kids sit down at the carpet in a circle and we're basically knee to knee and we're sharing and we're going around and doing handshakes or high fives in the morning to greet each other. And, and I, just, I just miss feeling the closeness of my classroom and having that not be a part this year has really, I think, taken a toll on me um, just because I want the kids to feel like they're together as a family and they're close and they can be with each other and trust each other and love each other. Um, and that's kind of hard to do when you don't have that physical piece. Um, yeah. To go. As a, as a social emotional advocate and a morning meeting person, I just love, I that's the type of time of day that I come alive. And I'm really missing that too. Because even though you do it, we're doing it online, it's, it doesn't have the same effect. I'm glad we're still able to do something and we can modify some things. But I'm with you, Raylan, on that one. So before we leave our reflections, we're still stuck in spring of 2020. I want you to describe for me, what was that transition like? I, I remember it vividly. We left school on Friday and on the weekends before my students leave, I always on a Friday say, you have to say goodbye to me personally. So every child had to choose a way to say goodbye to me. It could be, you know, similar to what we do in morning meeting, high five, handshake, fist bump, hug. They get to choose what they want or it could be just a simple goodbye. It didn't have to be a physical contact. and Something in my heart told me, even though we had that staff meeting that morning and we were told that we were going to continue in our regular um, calendar, we we're going to proceed that way. Something in my, I just had a sinking feeling that something was going to change. I didn't expect it to change the next day, but March 13, 2020 was our last day for me to give my kids those high fives and those hugs. So for me, the transition I pulled a few different terms to describe it, whether it was like a roller coaster ride, a rocket launch, an elevator ride, or a boat ride, or something else that you might want to come up with. But for me, it felt like a roller coaster ride because, you know, 
you, you can anticipate something and you feel it building up inside of you. But when I get to the top of that ride and it starts going that well, I don't do roller coaster rides anymore because I feel like I'm <laughs> at this stage of my life. I'm too old for it. I want to keep whatever years that I have left. <laughs> so I do nothing to take years off my life. I give up like horror movies and roller coaster rides. Yeah. So, but that's what that was like too, because my heart was just breaking. I won't be able to see my students well in the same physical way anymore and it just happened so suddenly you know you're going up you're coasting up going on the ride and the, you're at the top and you said okay I'm way up here I can see everything and then zoom I'm going down so that's what it was like for me what about you you don't have to necessarily use my analogy but something just describe and elaborate on what that transition from that Friday to the Saturday afternoon I think was when the news broke and then we, we just knew that Monday was not going to be a thing I actually was in a workshop that day. I had a professional development and I um, would be sneaky and never told my kids when I was out just so they wouldn't have time to maybe think, okay, what can we do to ourselves to do? <laughs> or, you know, I had a few of those that were like that. And so I wanted it to be kind of like a little off-putting, like, oh, we have a sub today, Miss Holtz. I would leave them a message every morning when that would happen. And you know, make sure they got a special reward if we did a great job for the substitute. So that was the behavior management side of me coming out. But it really broke my heart that I didn't get to see them that Friday. And it Thursday was truly my last day. And so that, you know, it I'm, I'm from the beach. I'm from Moorhead City, North Carolina. And so I can equate it to, um, you know, when you're in the water and you are looking away from the water and you don't see a wave coming and it just smacks you across the face. That's exactly how... I, I felt um, going into this. I didn't think it was going to be as serious. I thought it was just going to be, you know, something that would pass over pretty quickly or not be too bad. I remember in 20, what was it, uh, 2007 with the swine flu, pan, pan, almost pandemic, and it, it was serious, or swine flu, bird flu, and it was, it was serious, but, you know, we, we didn't stop. <laughs> you know, we, um, we kept going, and so it, that's what I think of it as just a wave coming out of nowhere and you were not prepared for it so oh man but you know what Paige you just made me realize that my situation wasn't even though my heart was broken yours was even worse because at worse. least you know you left yeah. on Thursday thinking you're gonna come back yeah coming but back at least I had, a little, I had a little inkling that maybe it would happen so when I said my goodbyes on Friday I made sure that everybody left knowing that I love you, you know, have a good yeah. weekend. And even when I said, have a good right. weekend, see you on Monday, part of me felt like it was, there was a kind of finality to it. But at the same time, I still had the opportunity to do it. Right. And it was and so- And I really love your analogy. It was so hard to um, concentrate during that PD as well. Like <laughs> trying to think that I would, wouldn't be able to see my kids that Monday because it's all that everybody could talk about um, if we were going to go back to school Monday. For me- like you, McFarland, I it was like a roller coaster for me, and I feel like roller coaster has not stopped. <laughs> like it never, it never stopped, and didn't really get to say goodbye to my kids. I tried to do like end of the year activities and things like that with them, but there wasn't quite an end like we normally have. Um, and some of my kids moved, so some of them I'll never see again. And um, in the spring, a lot of the work was optional, and I think we only met with them like once a day or less, I forget. But um, yeah, a lot of them, I, that well, last Friday was the last day for a, a few of them that I ever saw them. Like they did not 
participate in virtual at all. So <laughs> it's really sad. I mean, never getting to, to see those kids again. And I never thought that we wouldn't, you know, finish the school year like a normal school year. Um, I did not know that COVID was going to be what it was. So definitely still on the roller coaster. Yeah. I think I almost want to use an elevator because, you know, in a normal school year, you can feel like you're going up toward the penthouse. You, you have everything together, you know, you're on, you're getting up to the top and then sometimes you get knocked back down to the, you know, you're not on the penthouse floor anymore. And now you're in the middle of the, in the middle of the road kind of situation. And I feel like being in that elevator, we were anxious. We didn't know what coronavirus was. We had heard people talk about it. It's dangerous. It's scary. You know, we were told schools are still going to remain open. Everything's fine. So I'm in my little elevator box and I'm like, okay, we're going up a little bit. Everything's going to be fine. It's going to be a great day. And on when we got the, the message that schools would be closed, I remember feeling like my elevator just was free falling because I get a lot of my energy from my students and knowing that I'm like, okay, I just saw you on Friday at hall duty. My energy was pumped up. I was telling all the kids that I saw, see you Monday, have a great weekend. Don't forget to chill out, whatever I say. And I'm like, I told all those kids I would see them. I'm not going to see them. How am I going to see them? And at that time we had not normalized Google meet. We had not normalized all these things. So in my mind, I'm like, do I zoom them? How do I, what are they going through right now? What, what are my students thinking about all of this? Am I the only one panicking? And then I felt like I was just in my little elevator by myself. So I still feel like I'm in it. Although this elevator has windows. Now we've upgraded. Um, so we have some windows in our elevator and we can't, we're going up and down, but I just feel like in March when all this hit it, I mean, I was free falling to the basement because my kids are my everything. And when I don't see them and talk to them and I don't know, my energy changed in March. Um, and personally, I, I was not okay because school was my, my thing. Like school's my life. I'm married to teaching. So I basically felt like I got divorced overnight and I got sent somewhere else on the couch to sleep. And uh, it was hard. No, I, I feel that one too, Raylene, because all of us, no matter what our situations were, we were never, ever prepared for it. We never saw it coming. Even though we may have had some kind of intu intuition, we, we didn't know for sure. And even if it did happen, because I remember when school closed, remember the first executive order from the governor was what, two weeks? that school will be closed. So a part of us went in thinking that, okay, we're going to get a few weeks, get this thing under control, and then we'll be able to see our students again. But that never happened. And like you, so, um, like you mentioned earlier, some of those students didn't have devices. They went home on Friday. We could not have prepared them for that. And even after devices were distributed, there were still some, there, it was just, it was not an equitable situation. Some of them had internet problems. There were just so many things going on. 
and I have, I remember I have a student who didn't get on until maybe the last week before break. And she was just so elated to be able to be with her, her classmates, but it was just for, it was just so short lived. I remember that when we planned that pickup day, that was a, a highlight for me. <laughs> when those families came through and we were able to pass out the things that the students had left in the classroom in their cubbies. I was just dancing the whole, when I looked at my, my, step, tra my step tracker that day, I think I had maybe 14,000 steps. And it wasn't just because I had to walk back and forth from the classroom, but it was because I was just jumping around every time I saw one of my students pull up in their, in their vehicles. So it was definitely a ride for all of us, no matter what form it came in. And one of the things I'm thankful for though, is that as a team, we recognized that this was something that was affecting us as adults do. And we connected on a level that I had never experienced before. We were able to support each other with our meetings that we had every week. And to me, that's, that's one of the fondest memories that I hold because even going through this pandemic, I'm always looking for that, although it's such a horrible situation, there's always a blessing somewhere. And that was one of the biggest blessings that I had. And just knowing that I didn't have to do all of this by myself, we came together as if we had a hundred, how many children did we have? And they were all ours. It wasn't just my students, my 20 or your 18 or whatever number you had. So those are some of the highlights. And I want to hold on to that as a way to soothe the tremors that I had from going on that crazy roller coaster ride in the spring. Well, you know, they said that hindsight is twenty twenty. So as I look back at those things and think of some of the things you just mentioned, I think that we could have done some things differently. Maybe as a teacher, I know that the first week when it happened, I felt like I, I didn't know what to do. I did nothing. I didn't reach out to my students because I wasn't sure. I was waiting on guidance from our school and from our school system, and I didn't want to do something outside of what the expectations were, but I was dying on the inside because I wanted to pick up the phone and call all my families or reach out to them in some way just to say something. Eventually I did, but looking back, I wish I had done it like the Monday after we closed, even without um, guidelines. I should have been a rebel, but... <laughs> You know, it, some of it, some of it, when I reflect on it, is what I should have done as a teacher. Oh, but other things are things in our system. It's, it's some systemic changes that were needed. Maybe we could talk about that a little bit. You can decide which way you want to go with this conversation. What would you change if you had the power to go back in time? One thing for me is I wish that I had used Google Classroom and other platforms in the, in the classroom before we had before we were forced to. My kids had, had, I never used Google Classroom before this pandemic and my kids had no idea how to do it and neither did I. <laughs> so if I could go back, I would have used it all year long so that it was a seamless transition, which it was, it was not. <laughs> yeah, and even me, I can add to that, April, because I had always used Google Classroom, but not in the manner in which we use it now. So I'd use it to post things for parents, information for the students. They could go there to get their spelling words and things like that. But I've never, I never required them to turn anything into me on Google Classroom. So I had a, you know, surface level use of it. But looking back, I would have delved a little deeper into it as well. 
Maxine, I think um, I'm with you there on calling the parents. Um, I think our guidance from above, from our superintendent and our principal, it was like, hold off. We don't know what's going on. You know, we don't have answers to questions. So I, I was like, okay, I, I don't know what my families are going through. I don't want to call them and then have them ask me questions I don't have answers to um, and stress them out even more. And I think by the time that we were told to go ahead and reach out and get them connected to our Google Classrooms or whatever we were doing, I almost think it was too late for a lot of a lot of my families. And I, I really kind of kick myself because I'm like, I could have just sent a talking points message like, hey, how are you? But at, the, at that time, I also have to think about what I was going through. Like, I'm not stable right now. If I reach out to these parents, I don't know what's going to happen. So I wish I reached out. I think that may have helped me personally um, still have those relationships with my parents and, and my students. I definitely echo um, everything that April and Raylan have said, especially the Google Classroom. I had never used it. My students had never used it because that was my first year teaching. And so I was, you know, um, I was just trying to stay above water at, at um, even at the, even in February, even in March, I was, you know, still um, getting used to things. It was getting a lot easier. Um, I can say the, for the, um, the second semester was a lot easier than the first I tried to never let that show, but I really wish that I had done something in Google Classroom um, to get my students prepared for that. So I completely agree. But that is behind us. We, we can't go back and fix it, but I think the beauty of this situation is that now we have experience and we've learned from that time and hopefully that will impact what we do in the future. But I just want to stay in that um, spring scenario just a little bit longer so we can end on talking about what went well. I know bits and pieces slipped in as you were reflecting, but is there anything that you want to pinpoint that went really well in the spring amidst all of those challenges? I, I think that what went really well is, like you were saying, Ms. McFarlane, about how we all came together. And we were a close team anyway, even from me just coming in my first year last year, I could just, I was so comfortable with all of you. And I could, I knew I could come to any of you with any help or to talk for anything. And so um, I think what went well is how much it really showed how we have each other's backs and um, how much we wanted to support each other during that time. And how much we started collaborating with each other and helping take off some of that load of, you know, of our individual classrooms. And like you were saying, Miss McFarland, I've always thought of myself as, you know, I'm, I'm just not a classroom teacher. I'm a school teacher. Y'all's kids are my kids. You know, I, I think about our whole grade. I just don't think about, you know, the data in my room or who's doing well in my room. I genuinely want to know other kids. And I think that's important too, that they feel that sense of community, even on a grade team level that they can do. So I really liked how we divvied up lessons. Like I know me and Miss Storm did Letterland and they got to see either one of us each week, or we got to see you, Miss McFarland, for, I remember the Earth Day um, activity and video that you made for them and Miss Clark too with Science and Social Studies. So we all had our hands in working together for all of our second grade students and trying to um, make a sense of normalcy with those lessons. But it was nice to see that we had that image of that we cared about all of them, not just the ones in our rooms. So I thought that was very, very cool. 
Yeah, I totally agree with that. That was a highlight for me as well. Anything else, Rylan? I kind of want to piggyback off of um, Paige and how she was saying, we as a grade level came together. I noticed there was a shift in the community in March and there was a shift in businesses that were trying to help get hotspots to our kids. Um, departments that have never worked together in our school system started working together. I volunteered a couple days to set up hotspots for our kids um, through an organization. And it was just overwhelming to see, we all don't know what's going on. We have no idea, but we do know what our kids need. They need access to technology and access to internet so that they can start connecting with us again. And they need food. You know, we had businesses and community organizations and churches reaching out and saying, hey, what about your low income kids? This happened overnight. Do you need support? Do you need them to have access to our food banks? Or uh, what can we do to help you? We've never reached out to a school before, but we're here now. Tell us what to do. And that really just kind of hit home for me. And it was nice to see, nobody knows what's happening, but we know what's best in our community is to reach out and to support the kids. I think we have that common theme. <laughs> Those were the things that meant a lot to us. Um, well, I agree with everyone. Just the community within our team was amazing. Even though we were apart, it felt like as close as we have ever been. But especially in the spring, going from in-person to online, it was nice just to know the kids and know what they're capable of and then going online. Um, I knew how hard I could push them. I knew what they could and couldn't do for the most part. And then starting off this year, not knowing these kids, not knowing, you know, what they can do yet. Um, in that sense, 20, spring 2020 was a little easier um, just because I knew the kids, you know, and I knew what they needed more than starting off virtual in the fall of this year. That is so true. That's there. There is another blessing right there because um, we had the benefit of building those relationships up until March when we closed down. So we knew these children, unlike this year, it was it was more difficult for me to to build those relationships with cameras off, mics muted, not having that personal touch, that connection that we had in previous school years. I am very grateful to have been a part of a strong and cohesive team prior to COVID-19, but it proved to be an even greater blessing in the spring of 2020. Reflecting on what we have been through together this year serves as motivation to get through the challenging times ahead. Please listen to episode 27 for the rest of this conversation. Until the next episode, walk good and one love.